Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I am joined today by Julie Lee, also a podcaster, (laughs) fellow podcaster Julie Lee. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. You're usually the one that's kind of running the show, huh? Yeah, this feels kind of good. I kind of like not being the host for a minute. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's fun. You know what? Earlier you just today, tell me what to do. I like it. I'll just boss you around. I love it. That's okay. I love it. Uh, earlier today, I got to be a guest on someone else's podcast. And so we kind of do this in the podcasting community. Right. And, and it's a really great way to share value and kind of cross-pollinate uh, with with people who are on a similar track. For sure. And Julie, I got to meet you at an event recently where we were both attending um, for the National Speakers Association, which incidentally is where I find some of my best guests ever. Yes, me too. And uh, what a resource that is. I found out that you do this podcast about, well, it's called ICU. And and before you go to, you know, hospitals and scrubs and and surgical attire, <laughs> not that kind of ICU. Also not the ICU that my husband says, because I want to put it on our wall somewhere. And he thinks it would be so creepy to have the words ICU when he wakes up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And looks it's on the wall. It's kind of the creeper version yeah, of that. Yeah, none of those. None of those versions. No. It has to do with compassion and connection. And... I, I found out from you that, that this is really your core message. You're trying to get this message out, that compassion, connection, those are the kinds of things that that not only enhance our relationships, but can literally save lives. Absolutely. Julie, share with us just a little bit of, uh, about your journey. Um, how did you come to this? It just kind of woke up one day and thought, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. No, <laughs> definitely not that. But um, there, there's a story behind that. Share with uh, with us, if you would, a yeah, little bit about that journey. It's a lot of sweat and tears and prayer and laying on the floor, not knowing how to take the next step. So in my early 20s, I began struggling with anxiety and depression debilitatingly. Mm-hmm. And wow. I was, I bounced around with different therapists and different medications, always wanted to get off. I grew up with a father that was diagnosed with bipolar and he was never able to find medication that worked for him. And so I wow. saw the effects of that mm-hmm. uh, and the hard things that he went through, which also affected our family a great deal. And oh, so yeah. for me to struggle with my mental health was my hell on earth. That You didn't expect to have or plan to have mental health issues. This became a significant challenge for you. Oh, yeah. And for those that are familiar with Christianity or the Bible, you think about Abraham with Isaac and how he truly, what sacrificing his son must have been like. And while I can't say I understand that perfectly, that was the best analogy I could come with. It was something that I had hated so much growing up and that I had seen so much pain occur from and worked very hard to develop my personality in a way that I could never be depressed because I saw what that did. Right. And being the happy girl that I was for me to begin struggling with this was 
I thought my life was over for sure. Wow. And there was nothing that, there was nothing that I could do. I was doing everything. I would exercise, eat right. And uh, very involved in my spiritual life. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of things. And it wasn't until I finally had a counselor who I really trusted finally sit me down and say, Hey, I'm not a pill pusher, but you, I have never seen someone do, do, do as much as you do and have not the success we're looking for. I think that you need to think about long-term medication probably. Wow. And, and that's not, you know, that's not a path she usually goes down with. She's like, I think you're one of those cases. And, you know, when you have two little babies, when you have a three and a four-year-old, and I guess at that time they were probably two and three, mm. younger than that, eight months and two maybe. Mm-hmm. And you're going in the shower and crying and shaking and all these things. And then you come out and you're trying to put on happy face to play Candyland. You realize really quick what's most important and what's most important and what is your stewardship? And yeah. I learned really quickly um, some humility and some willingness to accept the beautiful resources that God has given me, which include therapy, which include medication. Yes. But in that process, because even accepting that doesn't fix it. There's still so much healing to be had. There's healing I still do in therapy. And I really, so many times it was the compassion and connecting with someone else that made it possible to go another second, another minute more. And it truly saved my life multiple times. And so I believe that because I know that I've experienced that and I will take that to my grave. You experienced something that you, you didn't think you'd signed up for. Uh, And how often does that happen in life? Right. Where the package, (laughs) wait, this isn't what I pictured. It's not what I had in mind, but it's what you had. Right. And there are, I love the way that you, you identified resources that are available to you to, through your own agency and choice, you can enact those resources in your life, therapy and medication and resources that are available to you. But then you said the curative or the most healing factor here, if I heard you correctly, was human connection, compassion, there was something about that that was qualitatively different from all of the other resources that you were able to to bring into your life. Well, it gave me purpose to push forward. While nothing can take yeah. the place of medication that balances out chemicals in my brain, I needed a lighthouse in the midst of a storm, some right. hope, someone telling me at the top of the hole, hey, the sun is up here. It really is shining. Even though you can't see it, you can't see color right now. Everything is in black and white. Mm -hmm. I promise you it's up here. You need that to keep pushing forward. And that's why while there's other solutions that that can feel more permanent, there is nothing like compassion and human connection to do another step. You said that this quite literally saved your life. Mm hmm it's at that level, isn't it? Yes. You know, I look at our society right now, and this this makes me nervous, Julie, and I think you probably um, would be on the same page with this. We get so disconnected uh, from each other. You know, what, what with social media and uh, all the distractions and the expectations that we set up for ourselves, and we end up just kind of going through life, going through the motions and and missing out on probably the most meaningful part of it, which is the the authentic connection that we can have with other people. And I think it's creating some mental health 
problems oh, as I'm, well. Oh, I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it. That's been your observation too. Absolutely. And it's something I still have to foster. I still have to foster connection. I just made a big move. I lived in Layton, Utah for three years. We just moved down south to Spanish Fork to Utah County, which is where I grew up and have many reasons to find connection. I'm still struggling in a big move. And that's something I'm aware of is making human connection because I feel my mood slipping when I'm not connecting with people enough. Interesting. And I'm, I'm pretty well, uh, I've worked a lot on this in my life. I've worked a mm-hmm. lot of it. I'm not perfect, but it is still something that I have to work at. And I think I always yeah. will, but it's also a beautiful life. The thing about having these mm-hmm. struggles is it makes you have to live intentionally. And that means you get to live a really cool life because you have to. I can't afford to just lay in bed all day. I can't afford to not eat right and to not take care of myself and to Mm -hmm. not connect with other people. But what's awesome about that is I have all these healthy habits that have transformed my life into something so beautiful. That you wouldn't have if you didn't have the struggle. I probably wouldn't have the motivation to be as intentional as I am. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not as bad a deal as I thought, you know? You know, Julie, when you say that you're, you're still working on it, of course you are. Welcome to Earth, right? <laughs> Welcome to we're, Earth, yes. We're, we're always at some point of our development and, and our skill set. And I almost interrupted you and said, but you're getting better at it. And I think that would be accurate too. Correct. It's kind of like learning um, a new skill of any kind, you know, playing an instrument or learning a new language or uh, learning the martial arts or, or something like that. You know, you start out. I have a, a dear friend who is a six-degree black belt in Taekwondo, and she's in her, her mid-70s and can kick you to next Wednesday. And, and she said, when you're a white belt, do the white belt stuff. You know, do, it's going to feel a little awkward, I'm guessing, Julie, that especially when you're experiencing depression and anxiety, you don't particularly feel inclined to initiate or reach out for human connection because the condition itself has you kind of avoiding that stuff, right? Yes. It's incredibly isolating. It's the great lie. It's the great lie that depression tells you is that you need to be alone. You need to isolate. You need to be where it's dark, where you can't talk to anybody else. Because sometimes when we're alone in our brain, I have found in my own experience, there's no one to bounce our thoughts off of. Mm-hmm. And so it's just us. And for me, it's in a religious aspect. I believe there is also other negative things at work there. But when you have someone else to bounce your ideas off, to talk out loud about, to connect with, are you able to see reality for what it really is? Mm-hmm. And reality is not depression, but it feels like it is. When you're in it. When you're in it, you can think you've never been happy a day in your life, even if you were happy a week ago. That's the great insanity and lie of depression. And that nobody loves you and nobody understands you. And and then that starts to snowball into something that can, can literally take people's lives. Oh, for sure. And I love to think about the movie Inception. Have you seen the movie Inception? Yes. So he uses something called the totem. Uh-huh. He uses a spinning top to check when he is in a dream or if his, he's in reality. And my husband and I will use that analogy all the time because there are t- you need to have that totem 
Yeah. And for me, that's that's talking out my anxious thoughts like, okay, and he'll sit there. And I'll say, okay, I'm thinking this right now. Is this me? I th- mm-hmm. And you know, and he'll be like, nope, nope, I can do this all day. Come on, hit me. What else? What else? But you need yeah. those reality checks of sometimes our brain plays tricks on us. Uh, more often than we want to admit. Mm-hmm. And that could get me going because I'm a psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> Julie, I think you've cued this up really nicely for us. As we come back from this break, I would love to get into some of the practical things that that we can do. And I also want to uh, hear a little bit more about your project. I see you. I That's see you. got a lot of I see meaning. You. It has a lot of meaning. It yeah. sure does. So we'll get into that as we get back from this break. Folks, this is Julie Lee at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Julie Lee at Live On Purpose Radio today. Julie, you're the host of a podcast called I See You. Not I See You, like where you go in the hospital. But I See You, which has some implications about connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about what your project is, what it is you're working on. I am working on reminding people that we are not as different from each other as we think we are, and those thoughts tend to disconnect us. Suffering is suffering. Right. Intense suffering is intense suffering. So while we, you and I have very different lives, we probably had very different challenges and life experiences, different families that we grew up in. But what links us together is the ability to see each other, to be present with each other, to listen, to have compassion on each other, to meet the other person where they're at. And there's an Idina Menzel song called I See You. And I have this cute friend that we met. We met because we had the same therapist, actually. And she found oh. a non-HIPAA way to get us together. She said, you two need to be friends. She's on <laughs> episode two of my podcast, Brittany Coyato. <laughs> She got me, a, she went to this concert and, and the song, it's like, I see you, the downhearted, the... I can't remember, but all of these different situations, I see you. And yeah. she got me this bracelet that says, I see you. And we can even just text each other and say, hey, I, you know, this just happened, or I'm feeling like this today. And we can just say, hey, I see you. I and see it's, you. I am with you. I am present with you. You are noticed. You're alive. There's a quote in the movie, Shall We Dance? Right. And they talk about being a witness to each other's lives. Right. It's a powerful thing. I have experience yeah. after experience where that, where that saved me. To have someone being willing to sit in that with me for a minute, not stay there, but to be able to sit in compassion with me. Doesn't mean they jump in the yeah. hole, but they put down a rope, they put down a ladder, they remind me that the sun's up there, and they sit there and and have compassion on me. You know what, Julie? I got the truth tingles when you were saying that. Good. 
I'm pretty sure it's You know what I'm true. talking about? Oh, yeah. I get the truth tingles. It's just kind of right up here, you know, in the back of my scalp. And, and it's just something that says, you know what, that is really true. That is really important to acknowledge the existence and the importance and the significance of another human being. And it serves both parties well. Talk about that for a minute, because you've been on both sides of it, the giving and the receiving. What that makes me think of is it's pretty difficult to extend compassion in a genuine way if you do not have self-compassion. Right. What I mean by that is that, and I've noticed this in my own life, Say if someone comes to my house and my house is a complete disaster and I'm spending my whole time apologizing for how messy my house is. Mm -hmm. If then I go to their house and they apologize for how messy their house is and I say, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. I can't do that genuinely. It's inauthentic. It's inauthentic because I see that as a weakness in myself. Mm -hmm. So if I see that as a weakness in myself, there has to be part of me that does see that as a weakness in someone else. I just think that's how it works. I don't think there's really any way around that. Therefore, interesting. both sides of this, the more self-compassion I learn for myself, the more compassion I extend to other people. When I'm feeling less compassionate towards other people, I am usually really struggling mentally with myself. And I find mm. that when I observe other people, other people that are uh, maybe more difficult to get along with because they don't come across as super compassionate. They mm-hmm. uh, do have a hard time opening their minds to other people and their circumstances, I think it often has a lot more to do with where they're at mentally and their own self-compassion. That's been my experience. That feels right to me as well. It, it's so interesting that our capacity to show compassion to another person or love or any, any virtuous trait, really, uh, is dependent on how well we're internalizing that ourselves. Um. When you use the example of, you know, is my house clean and I feel all guilty about the way my house looks and then I go over to my friend's house and they apologize for how their house looks and you say, no, 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 it's fine. It's really okay. And that doesn't feel right to them. You know, we get into this destructive pride where we think that we're a special case. You hear what I'm saying about that? I mean, it's it's not that... It's not that we're doing it intentionally. I think we just do it as part of our human condition where we're willing to to grant someone else some tolerance and forgiveness, but then we're harsh and unforgiving toward ourselves. Like somehow we're a special case, like somehow we don't deserve the forgiveness. Or that somehow that's humility, that it's humility to be unkind to ourselves. That is a big deception. Which is so not the case and so not truth. No truth right. tingles with that, right? No truth tingles with... No tingles. No tingles. Not feeling it. But in fact, to see us for how we actually are and to extend that to other people, that is truth. It is humility right. to acknowledge the strengths you have. Because it's scary to do that in our, I think in our culture, in our climate, it's scary to say, right. hey, I'm actually kind of good at this. That's, it's, it was terrifying to start a podcast in some ways, to put yourself out that way mm-hmm. and say, I think that this is something that I could actually share and that could be meaningful. Right. It's also for me, felt like one of the most humble things I ever did to say, okay, I'm going to trust that this is a gift I have. I'm going to trust to use it. And I'm not going to sit here and speak ill of myself because I'm afraid that other people are going to think I'm prideful. That is pride. That is pride. That is pride. 
When we get clear about that, we know what we need to work on. Mm-hmm. See, people feel like a lot of times in my practice, I encounter people, and I do this myself too, you know, where we get into that, that mode of, oh, well, I just really need to improve a few things and then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, t- Hello, welcome, welcome to, to Earth. Earth right? <laughs> You've always got something that you can improve. That will always be true. When will that stop being true? Ever. Honestly. So true humility, and you nailed this, Julie. You're getting to something that I think is psychologically really powerful. And that is that true humility is acknowledging the truth about who we are. And who we are includes strengths and weaknesses. If you choose to focus on only one, you're getting into a pride cycle mm-hmm. that could just kick your butt. Well, and the second, the thing I, I went and I was pondering this morning, I was doing a lot of mindfulness this morning and the message mm-hmm. I came away with was I'm awesome. I am. I'm so great. I'm so awesome. And other people are just as great. That doesn't feel like right. pride to me when it becomes pride is when I think that I am somehow more awesome than someone else. Right. But acknowledging everyone and their human worth as powerful, as meaningful, as worth witnessing and noticing, Mm -hmm. to me, that's just truth. And that feels humble. That feels correct. It feels true. But the second I start not recognizing other people's worth, that's Mm -hmm. when it looks like pride. And there's a big difference between those two. You know, here's another subtle application of that. Can we also acknowledge and recognize other people's weaknesses without judgment? When <laughs> when you say, I see you... I never notice people's weaknesses. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you never, never seem to... Especially in your husband, right? No. Especially in your kids. No. Rob, Especially never. in yourself. Never. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we acknowledge our own weaknesses without judgment? And when we realize, you know what? I'm kind of a prideful person. Huh, yep, sure enough. Without going into the, therefore, I'm a bad person. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. You're you're a human. You got strengths and weaknesses. I do this little exercise sometimes with my clients where we, we list traits and characteristics and attributes that are true where we show up as a zero, as oh, a, yeah. you know, your weakness. <laughs> and people kind of get into that. They're like, yeah. And they start writing. They don't like the list, but it happens to be true. And then we shift over and we list traits and characteristics and attributes where we show up as a hero. And everybody's got them. But it's interesting because sometimes people are more hesitant to do that list. And that's prideful. It's prideful. You said that you've, you've been able to acknowledge some of your strengths. And, and you can see that you are great. Not greater than. But great. But you're great. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know what you mentioned? Um, you've got a lot of spiritual connections to this. And one of uh, the scriptures that I like, that uh, I, I try to turn to sacred writings and, and uh, just powerful philosophy that you can give from those. And, and it says in this particular scripture, remember... The worth of souls is great in the sight of God. So it even tells you whose opinion it is, right? Now, it's just his opinion, but he He is is God, God, so there's that. (laughs) But, you know, what if our own opinion matched his? 
Would that be true humility? Because I think the, if, if we were saying that true humility is connecting with truth, and if God's opinion happens to be true, then we're truly humble when our opinion matches His. Therefore, Julie, when you think you're great, you're I being humble. I get to believe it. I get to believe it. If it's true, why not? Why not? Why not believe it? There's another of the sacred writings that says the truth will make you free. Mm-hmm. Huh. That sounds pretty enticing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Julie, this has made a big difference for you. Julie, tell us about where we can connect to your to your podcast. Tell us a little bit more about I See You, who that's for, who's going to really resonate with that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So the I See You podcast, the website is icupodcast.com and it's on all the free podcast apps. The I See You podcast, I have been surprised by actually who it's resonated with in some ways, but yeah. it tends to be people, not not one gender over the other. It's been pretty men and women pretty equal. Um, people who have felt the need to fit in a cookie cutter life and life has not turned out that way for and them. And it hasn't turned out. Big they surprise. really enjoy the podcast. Yeah, because you have all yeah. these different people with all these different life perspectives sharing about the hope of how compassion and connection from other people saved them and changed their yes. lives. And it's made it something beautiful. So mm. it dabbles in the hard and it brings hope and light to that situation because I don't know about you, but I cannot relate. I can't relate to a plan and a life that I had all figured out and has worked out exactly that way. I just cannot, I can't relate to some Pinterest That's version of myself. Reality. It's just not reality. Really? And for some reason we get mixed up growing up thinking that maybe that's how it's going to be, but it's mm-hmm. not. And so to really embrace the unknown and embrace right. the qualities we have within ourselves to help each other get where we need yes. to be through compassion, through connecting oh. together. It's That's been an beautiful. incredibly fulfilling experience for me. So it's got all sorts. We have a guy that escaped a Scientology cult. We have people with different disabilities on there. We have yes. people incredibly driven professional lives that have struggled with negative talk yeah. in their head. And then there's me and you get to hear all my my crazy stories and with <laughs> depression, anxiety, infertility, all, good, all the good stuff. All that great stuff that has has made you who you are and put you in a position to really serve others. And thank you for what you're doing. Absolutely. Julie, thank you for joining me at Live On Purpose Radio. It's been fun. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Folks, you've heard it from Julie Lee. Connect to the podcast, I See You, and get out there and apply what you've learned here today and what you've been inspired to, to think as a result of our conversation. It is now your turn to go live on purpose.